Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Comics Experience Make Comics Podcast, the show where we talk about the nuts and bolts of making comics. My name is Joey Grow. Enough delays. We have a jam-packed show today about kickstarting comics. We have three different creators with three different Kickstarters talking about their experience getting into comics, what their comics are about, and why they decided to go the Kickstarter route. Currently, uh, as of this recording, all of these Kickstarters are still active. So if you're curious, you can go and check them out right now while uh, the folks talk about each of their Kickstarters, which might be fun to follow along. These interviews were all recorded separately. So first up, we're going to hear from Greg Chosvold with his comic, The Lump Sum Saga. Then after Greg, we have Llewellyn Polanco with Astro and Inez, La Novella. And then Steve Verena, who was on previously talking about a Kickstarter, uh, Slowpokes. Steve is back with Zombie Date Night. And each of these creators has different thoughts on what you can do for your Kickstarter, what they've learned doing their own Kickstarters, uh, obviously what they've learned in making comics and collaborating with others. So you, you have a mix of different genres and different styles uh, with these three different comics from three different creators and their different creative teams. So we'll get right into it. First up is Greg talking about the Lump Sum Saga. Uh, again, go to Kickstarter. You can search for the Lump Sum Saga. It's also lumpsumsaga.com. And here we go with Greg. Greg? Thanks so much for taking time to do this. We've been chatting, and as always, I chat too much ahead of time and needed to save uh, your responses for for actually recording. Uh, but your current Kickstarter is the Lump Sum Saga, which uh, as of as of our recording has 20-some days left, but when folks start to hear this, we'll have about 15, 16 days left. If you want to you know, talk a little bit about what you were looking to do and give the elevator pitch of, of the comic. So... Uh... The Lump Sum Saga, as it stands, or at least this issue, um, I like to call it uh, Redwall meets The Martian with a Twilight Zone twist at the end. Nice. And this and this issue is a uh, prologue to this the an overall series and features an anthropomorphic crew of aliens landing on a new planet. And uh, it's basically for anybody that's ever stayed up late to uh, <laughs> watch, watch uh, stayed up late to watch um, either really good B movies or. Um, uh, SpaceX launch something like if you're one of those people if you if you know what your favorite YouTube space channel is this would be for you nice that's that's a great summation and this is this is issue one and you've already hit funding so uh, I don't know if you could talk a little bit about you know any kind of long-term plans or, or what you're looking to do with the series and maybe get into why you decided to go the Kickstarter route okay so um so this is, a, it's actually a bit of a deconstruction. I actually had an idea to do a, I was just looking at it the today, actually, but uh, an original graphic novel for a story called Lump Man. And uh, I got 136,000 words into that. And then everyone <laughs> kept telling me, you should do, you should do like a single issue. And then, and then, <laughs> boy, did I not know what I was not, what I did not know what I did not know at that point. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm sort of, uh, starting fresh with with the concept, and uh, I kind of know where it's going. But as you learn, you get to do things better as you go along, and hopefully, in the long term, um, that series will will come to life. Um, as far as why Kickstarter, that's really easy. It's about the freedom. So, I think if you've got a conventional publishing company, if you think of it as a produce mark market, Kickstarter is a garden. Mm. So you can try and plant anything you want, but it, and it doesn't mean it'll grow but it's, there's no one stopping you from planting your own seeds. Mm. And um, so that's, it's, so for this story, for instance, I was pitching it to uh, like the overall arc to a publisher would be gone. Okay. Think Peter Parker, but we're going to spend at least half of the story talking about the spider. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, so, and so that's, that's just the freedom to do something different and, tackle things in a different way is the reason I'm there. Um, the other other kind of really cool thing that I didn't understand about it until I started, uh, I did I did a smaller campaign earlier, sort of a preview campaign, is just the the reach of Kickstarter. So I have people reading the Lump Sang Saga in, I think, it, I can verify at least 18 different countries. Oh, wow. Which, and so I didn't see that coming. And that was even just with a small campaign. Like, so um, to be able to be an independent person creating something kind of weird that actually ends up around the world is, is really awesome. That's, that's very cool. 
That, that is a great way to kind of sum it up too. I think crowdfunding has uh, obviously allowed folks that have an idea that may not find a publisher or, you know, frankly, publishers don't always have a lot of space. So, you know, if somebody that uh, has a different pitch or maybe they've already got something, you know, sci-fi that they just greenlit, it's the wrong place, wrong time. Uh, and, and then the flip side too is where you see major creators like a, a Jeff Smith or a Scott Snyder uh, either releasing their new books through Kickstarter to get the process started, or in the case of a Scott Snyder, wanted to do something that was special since conventions were closed and help fund his press and be able to pay his folks ahead of time for doing their work before I even went to market with it. You know, it's just, it's such a, an interesting platform that can serve different people in different ways. And the audience numbers, you know, the readers numbers also come into play in such a different way than they do uh, dealing, I think, at a publishing level and can make it attractive to, you know, if you want to test it and see if there's a market there and if it fails, it fails. If it passes or if it, if it funds, then can you use any, you know, proceeds to go to the next one and to keep making that comic, uh, you know, do your mini series or do your series that way or do your one-off that way and, it's really cool yeah. to see the the variety that's out there. Yeah, it, it's very cool. Um, and that's and so that's actually what I'm hoping to do with this is sort of um, I'm kind of unusual in that I've actually printed most of the comics already. So I, I just just my own personality. I wanted to guarantee that people got them into their hands. Wow. Um, but that said, that did take money, and sure. I want to do another. I wanted to do another one. So any funds from this campaign will basically go to my artist uh, for the next next issue and i'd like to ratchet it that way up so to until we get to the final kind of uh the end of what i had envisioned as my project and then maybe open the sandbox up to more people at that point but um so that's how i'm i'm using it and then like you say the other option is you just have an idea and you put some sample pages out there like you were pitching to a normal publisher and then um see what the if there's a fan base for it and then go and publish like like take that money to to, from the very start to pay pay to have those made so yeah it's it's a very very cool thing i, I just wanted to add um it might be a good point to say that the kickstarter market is really different than the direct market mm. and so um i would tell people that uh kickstarter isn't going to keep you from eventually ending up in the di direct market they're they're very different things and if anything the Kickstarter market actually helps to get you closer to the direct market. So um, it's probably fascinating. Was there anything else that stood out to you having done a couple of Kickstarters before as far mm -hmm. as where you were learning about the platform or just learning how to put together what you put together or if there was a different way to think about, yeah. I don't know, in yeah. terms of uh, putting together a comic and then on top of that, hey, are we going to do T-shirts or what, is it a print or was there anything that stands out as like the aha moments of, of the first go round? Um, so the, the big thing I think everybody needs to know is the success of your campaign is based on what you do before you hit the launch button. Mm. So, um, so for, for instance, uh, there's, uh, some of the people I, I treat as my gurus are all about building mailing lists, for instance. So mm. from, from day, day one, get your mailing list going. The other thing now is, for instance, there's uh, you can set up a preview page and have people follow that. Well, that's, that's an instant conversion. Not everyone that follows you will, will um, back you, but even having that one person back gives your project um, some validity. And if you look on, on Kickstarter, it's really sad. There are tons of Kickstarters that have zero backers and you just can't run any momentum that way. And so a lot of what, in order to be successful, you need to be thinking about how are you marketing and how are you getting it rolling before you even hit that launch button. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And I, I haven't run a Kickstarter in years, but from my recollection, you could, uh, they obviously have to approve your Kickstarter, but you could also potentially yeah. reach out to the folks that run the comic side and ask for, hey, do you have any suggestions? You know, is there anything? Because Kickstarter makes money when you make money. So, of course, they are oh, going oh, to be invested in <laughs> in people being successful. And, and they certainly don't guarantee that you'll have success. But they obviously, you know, live and breathe Kickstarter. So they should have good advice uh, as far as yeah. where you could go with stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I always get her name wrong, but Oriana over at uh, at Kickstarter was super helpful with um, getting some fine tuning stuff on my, my uh, comic. And so they definitely have people that are, are uh, willing to help you and are are super helpful. And uh, yeah, so uh, there are, there are lots of people out there that can help you. Um, I guess the other thing I would point out is that comics Kickstarters are different than general Kickstarters. So if you can find experts that actually, um, talk about Kickstarter for comics specifically. So I know CE has run, um, of course, uh, as an example, that that would be a super useful thing to do. Sure. Um, yeah, and so. Yeah, any any other advice you have as far as where folks could go to get other uh, information, either Kickstarter-focused or otherwise? Oh, the, the other um, amazing community is uh, Tyler James has the uh, Comics Launch Pro community. And um, there's ways of getting into there without paying anything. But um, I'm actually part of his, uh, the pro community. And there there is such a supportive uh, community there that is focused specifically on Kickstarters for comics. And that's that's a huge thing. And he's got a, a step-by-step plan that is uh, has been really, really good. And so um, between CE's Kickstarter course and... Um, comics launch. There's just so much to learn. Uh, I believe you could probably spend three weeks just going through material. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's and a then, ton and of podcasts and, and other information and too. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I had the benefit of going through over, I've been following this for a long time. So I've listened to all of the available uh, CE, like Comics Experience podcasts and all of the available uh, Comics Launch podcasts as well. <laughs> there's, and so there's a ton of information uh, that uh, goes over things. So and very, if you're very searching, cool. And if you're searching, that's Comics with an X instead of the C-O-M-I-X yes. yes. launch, just uh, in, case yes. you're, in case you're curious and haven't checked out what uh, Tyler James is doing over there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there, there are resources out there and the CE workshop as well. I know folks have shared different crowdfunding uh, information over the years and, and usually are talking about it ahead of time and getting advice. But there's there's a couple of different avenues you can go. And just looking at you know your preview pages, you have um, a couple of familiar names as far as comics experience goes with uh, Sean Reinhart and Paul Aller and Dave Sharp and some, some other folks. Uh, and forgive me, we may not have touched on everybody's name on the air if you want to, or in the recording, if you want to talk about the rest of your creative team and how you all came together. Okay, so um, I actually uh, did use uh, CE Creative Services to help me with my campaign. Um, I, for those listening, I'm I'm an old guy. I'm I just had my 58th birthday, and so I don't have a lot of time to mess around with well, things. And, and happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> and so I actually used the uh, 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 CE Creative Services, and so the, uh, Andy and and Paul put together my team for me. So uh, Sean Reinhardt, uh, Paul was the editor. Josh Jensen did colors. Um, I was super fortunate to get uh, Sergi Dominic. Uh, Dominic, I'm still not sure how to pronounce his name because he's in Spain as my main artist. Um, and also um, a fabulous uh, variant cover from uh, Jeffrey uh, Verige, uh, which is I was super excited to get. I, there's no way I would have got that yeah. any other way at this stage of my career. And so having those resources there to help out. And then um, uh, I also want to just give a shout out to Nikolai Fomich and uh, uh, Llewellyn Polanco. Both were in my intro to writing course, and we've been uh, helping each other along as we go. And I think uh, Llewellyn's got her uh, Kickstarter on Kickstarter right now. That's right, as well. And uh, so, yeah, it's this is there's a lot of uh, CE's fingerprints on this first issue. And and there are so many different ways you can put together a Kickstarter, and you know that's I think that's the other thing. Getting my feet wet into doing comics is you realize how much management can come into play and how much knowing people and being able to reach out to people. And whereas before it's, I got to write a cool story. Oh, I've got to learn how to draw and do layouts. And what portfolio am I going to submit? Or I've got to get better at coloring and I need practice. You don't really realize the business, at least for me, I didn't realize the business aspects of what you have to plan for ahead of time and and how to manage all that. And having folks that even just giving you advice is huge. And you've got you know, a creative team to, to help you out that also has so much, you know, that learned experiential knowledge of making comics. And 
Uh, I think that's also kind of nice about Kickstarters. It can have such a range of you can be a first time person doing anything related to comics or you can, you know, be part of a team and and have, you know, longstanding webcomic and release your collected version and and find that mm-hmm. market. And, and like you mentioned, it's not the same customers necessarily as a direct market. So you could still potentially have a whole other revenue stream to go after because you have your book printed and you have, you know, a track record of readers. And if you get however many issues of the lump sum saga that you want to get in the bank and then go to a publisher and say, Hey, I've got, you know, five issues or two issues, or here's my first issue. What do you think? And get into a whole different, you know, readership based on that. There's just so much to learn about making comics. And one of the, um, like I said, I did start out trying to create an OGN and I'm so glad that I changed paths eventually in that um, this gives you a chance to learn and get better as you get the pages out and um, and having that collaborative team around it has just been amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, that's great to hear. And so it does sound like uh, there will be more Lump Sum Saga down the road as far as the planning goes. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the next book in the series will be uh, Lump Dog, and then we'll finally get into uh, Lump Man, which is probably I'm anticipating that'll be about a five issue uh, mini series. Oh wow! In there, and uh, um, basically this the this prologue is actually started. I guess the the, the seeds for this is is um, why does Lump Man have superpowers? That's, <laughs> that's the, and so um, what started as just a concept turned it in, turned into a giant world building exercise nice. that I've had way too much, I've had way too much fun with. Um, and so in the advanced writing course, for instance, I've got a bit of another spinoff that I just finished a script for that might end up being a, uh, uh, is target at 11 year olds. So like a, an old, not quite all ages, but pretty close. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's spinning out of control and I only have so many years left in my life. So. <laughs> well, that's great that you have, you know, a bunch of ideas and oh. like you were talking about in terms of building a readership base, uh, folks that have backed your Kickstarter, you can reach out to them via Kickstarter in the future or any other mailing lists. And, and in theory that I, that keeps building as you go, you keep having more, more and more readership and can take it uh, as as far as there's demand or as far as you want to go, you know, as far as far as your budget goes, I guess, at the end of the day. So yeah. it's it's really awesome that, you know, you you have that much going on. And is there any anything we haven't covered that might make sense to somebody thinking about dipping their toe into crowdfunding or is about to hit launch and anything they should do as far as how they should think about their comics project on a, a Kickstarter kind of platform? Um, just to, uh, real quick to, uh, I just want to thank people that have followed the campaign so far. It's just been amazing to build a fan base already, like you're talking about. And that's so cool to see. Um, I guess the one thing I'd say for people that are just getting started is no one owes you anything. And so one of the things I see people doing is creating a target, for instance, that's going to cover their expenses. Mm. And you actually have to say to yourself, does that make sense for the audience I have now? Because mm. the, the goal is to fund as best as you can. But on Kickstarter, if you don't reach your funding goal, you get nothing. And yeah. so um, so just sort of I, I would use it as a gradual building audience building platform more than a I'm going to get this done and have someone else pay for it. That's not really the goal. Um, in the short term, anyways, in the long long run, maybe. But we we hope that happens. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah. Uh, so you and so th- build with your audience in mind, and then your goal is to create good stuff, create a great story, but also to find those people. And Kickstarter helps you do that. And uh, for me, I, it's amazing that I found people that I didn't even expect to find. So, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. terrific. Well, where can folks go? Uh, obviously, you can go to Kickstarter right now, and you can search yeah. uh, Lump Sum Saga or yeah. social media. Where should people go look for you there? Okay, for the easiest thing to do is go to lumpsumsaga.com and 
sort of follow everything off there. I'm on Instagram and on uh, Twitter under Greg Choswell, but my last name is spelled very strangely. So it's just just go to go to lumpsumsaga.com and you can follow me from there. That's that's an easy one to remember. Well, thanks so much for taking time to talk about it. And again, congratulations. It's awesome that that you already hit your goal. And, and that means at the very least, it sounds like more is on the way. So very cool. Oh, thank you, Joey. And thank you so much for having, it's been great to talk to you. I've been listening to you for years. So this is kind of super exciting for me. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. And next up, we have Llewellyn Polanco with Astro and Inez Lodnavella. As I once again chat way too much before starting to record, uh, I swear we saved all the good stuff though. Uh, <laughs> speaking to uh, Llewellyn Polanco. Nope, nope. Going to try that again. Llewellyn Polanco. And your Kickstarter is, as of our, our recording, is within striking distance of being funded. So presumably when this goes up in a couple of days, you'll you'll be even closer if not funded. So congratulations on being so close uh, so soon out of the gate. But yeah, thanks for making <laughs> thank the, you. thank you for making the time to do this. And I would love uh, for you to tell people what your Kickstarter is about. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, my Kickstarter, Astro and Inés, La Novela, is... Um, it's just a slice of life, fun, cute comic about Astro, a troublemaking pup, and his human Inez. And uh, yeah, it's it's just Inez is a is a queer Dominican protagonist woman, which um, I was very excited uh, to write. Just more of like representation of what I look like and uh, who I am in my culture and. Um, yeah, she's just trying to live her best life in New York City with her dog, but her dog likes to get into a lot of trouble. Uh, so yeah, I just for my first comic, I, this this idea was actually born in the in the intro class, and for my first comic that I wanted to write something fun, and yeah, this was what popped into my head. Uh, but it, I think the the main or like the heart of the story really comes from, or like even the heart for me to to write it comes from writing Inez, who's just like a young girl living in New York, who's Dominican and is queer. Um, and it's just dealing with like daily things while her dog is, uh, doing, I don't know, ripping stuff up. And she's like, <laughs> Oh my God, Astro, what are you doing? You know, or like getting them lost in the woods is one of the story. And yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was really fun for me to write. Um, so I'm just I'm just well, I'm just hoping that people really love it, just like as much as I love writing it, really. And and one thing we did not talk about is if there really is an astro in your life, or if that was uh, something that was <laughs> created. Well, for the story. I do have a dog, but she's not like Astro. No, she's she's actually she's really needy. She <laughs> loves to lick. Like she's a I call her a chronic licker. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's cute. You know, she's happy. She loves to give love and all that. But sometimes you're like, okay, okay, you know, that's enough. Um, but she's she's such a good pup, and um, she loves to be pet. She loves to sit on your lap. Astro's more independent and like kind of like you know, I'll do what I want. And I mean, he's loving and he takes care of like Inez. Like if she's sad or whatever, he'll sit on his lap and give her a few licks. Um, but yeah, he he's curious, and if he wants to do something, he'll do it. So I think that's probably like the main difference between uh, my dog and Astro. And I think my dog actually represents more of who my cat because I had I had a cat. <laughs> she passed away uh, like four years, three four years ago. He's more like her, but in dog form. But in dog form. Well, that's sweet. That's, yeah, it's great that you can kind of get get both of the 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 animals in and, and around and one thing that you mentioned on the the kickstarter site is that you went to new york comic-con and kind of got the comics bug was there something that sort of pushed you into deciding to do a comic and then beyond that was there something that led you to kickstarter as a place to look for readers well when i when i went to comic-con um i think i already had like the idea that I wanted to write a comic someday, right? And then I think I started to go to panels about like comic making. And I think the one of the first panels I went to was um, one that Andy Schmidt was leading. And it was I don't know if by then he had already introduced comic experience, but it was like talking about comics and how you could be, um, how you could write your own comics and, you know, have creator own things. And it just felt a little more real and inspired me like, oh, wow, like, you know, I can actually do it without having to go through 
publishers and impressing other people um, who might not really connect with the story that I'm writing. And then I think like two to three comic cons later of me like, yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Um, I think actually it was my last comic con. I went to, it was, it had been my second comic experience panel or a panel by Andy Schmidt. And he talked about comic experience again. And I was like, you know what, this time I signed up for the, um, for the newsletter and all that. And, you know, I would get emails from them and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, let me, I have the time now, you know, I'm, I'm working from home. Let me take an intro class. And, and I did, and I fell in love, not just with the class, but with the culture of like, you know, comics experience mm. and like, like the community. Um, I don't know if it was like, if I know if it was Andy or Paul who said it, but they were talking, I think it was something about like, there's, there's pie here for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that in that, in the community, just like how the forums are, are, are set up to, Hey, post, post your script and we'll, we'll give you critiques and you critique, um, your peer stuff. And, you know, it's a, it's just a bunch of cr- great creative friendly people trying to see everyone else win. Um, and I, I love that so much about the CE community. And I, I feel very grateful that I found the intro class. Um, and from there, I just took a bunch of other classes, <laughs> which I'm still taking. I actually have another one coming up in September cause I'm a CE addict. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Paul and Andy are fantastic. You know, they're great. They're so candid in the way that they teach. Um, so they don't just tell us like, oh, you know, comics are great. Writing is great. They also, you know, they give us real world. <laughs> um, they give us real world like perspective, like, hey, sometimes things like these might happen. Me as a professional, things like this still happen to me. So, you know, it's a real um it's a real wake up call in terms of, okay, well, if something like that happens to me, is it is it something that I'm okay with? really and then continuing to pursue this career so it really helps you figure out if you want to do comics as a hobby or comics as a business which is incredible to really like figure out at the beginning um and when i took the kickstarter with ryan uh ryan brown the kickstarter class i I was just taking it to really just okay this is knowledge that i'm going to get i'm going to use later on Mm. there was no i had there was like no um plan to do a kickstarter anywhere in my future yet probably like in a year or two but the class was so good that the idea of when like astro and inez which is a five-page comic from the intro class when i took that class and as i was taking the kickstarter class it evolved to like oh no i want to make a one-shot comic of five five page stories Mm. and Astro and Inez, La Novela was born. And from after that class, all I had to do is write four more scripts, right? Like, no, no, nothing, just four more scripts. But <laughs> I had, no, but thanks to creative services, like it wasn't so scary because I had creative services and Paul is such an amazing editor, Paul Aller. And, um, you know, his notes are so great and he cares so much for your story as he's editing it for you that, uh, you know, it, it makes it, Fun, not just like okay you know here are some other edits he's really pushing you to like get more creative um so yeah you know ce classes uh creative services all of that plus the kickstarter class it's all of that together like really make me feel confident that i can like you know what i've only really been in like dealing with comics for less than a year but i felt confident enough to do a kickstarter for it um and yeah, and that's when after taking that class, doing some notes, getting getting my my project together, um, the Kickstarter idea was born, and um, and now it's up there and it's it's growing and people want to read it, which is so like ah, people actually want to read it. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things too, and and you touched on so many things that uh, I think we could jump on, but I'll, I'm doing the Kickstarter for the first time. If you haven't seen the Kickstarter interface and done the Kickstarter, there's actually some of that. I don't know if it's mechanical, some of the like learning how the platform works that goes along with your first mm-hmm. Kickstarter. So there is some amount of not necessarily a learning curve, but like an understanding like, oh, I could have done this or maybe I could think about this, which isn't to say that you did anything wrong or it could be, you know, air, air quotes better. But I, I think there is some amount of like, oh, this is new to me and I'm learning it. So the next time you do it, you know, you have a different perspective on what to do. And then obviously with fulfillment and getting it out to people. Uh, there's there's different experiences there too. So you know to to have this much readership already is great, and I think that you know <laughs> it, it's Kickstarter 
just as a thing and kind of like you were talking about with comics and and comics experience as a community, but comics in general can have so many different stories and you can tell them in so many different ways. And, you know, you can collaborate with your collaborators and tell the story that you want to tell. You know, it doesn't have to fit into, you know, an exact silo of a thing to be that story where you can do slice of life. Or if the next time you're you're like, I'm going to do a horror comic and it's going to be based on something that, you know, happened to me or maybe it's something with a certain mythology or, you know, a cultural mythology that people might not know about. It's it's so many different things that comics can do. So it's yeah. great to hear that you had such a positive experience to get to the point of doing the Kickstarter and getting it out there and then finding that, you know, there's an audience and people to talk to. And that's that's great. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to hear. With, Thank um, you. Yeah, I'm really grateful. Well, with, with all this in mind, I mean, is is there a lesson that you feel like you've learned already? Is there something that was surprising or something that might be beneficial to folks that are maybe on the fence or have never really considered Kickstarter as a platform for getting their work out to readers? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I did. I think it. I think when it comes to a Kickstarter, it really depends. Oh, one thing I will say. Creating a Kickstarter, and actually Ryan Brown actually said this in the class too. Um, creating a Kickstarter, like doing, like making the Kickstarter page, preparing the materials you're going to put on your Kickstarter um, a story, and also preparing the video that you're going to make for Kickstarter. All that by itself is a project. That's a project in of it, in and of its own, mm. separate from whatever it is you're kickstarting. So I think, um, I think like when deciding if you're going to do a Kickstarter or not, it's or rather like if you're going to like pub through someone is deciding if, excuse me, if deciding if you have the time for that and if that much of um, of work is something you would like to go into, right? Um, I One of the things that did draw me, um, even though like I saw through through uh, Ryan Brown's class that it's, it is a lot of work, one of the things that really like made me think, yeah, I do want to kickstart well, one, it did seem fun to me just doing all that work and making a video. Like I like to create things and nice. um, it seemed like a, a, a cool, a fun project, but I underestimated how much actual <laughs> effort it takes to make a Kickstarter. So I like, I found myself kind of bottleneck cause I saved a bunch of things for like the last minute. Uh, so I, I was, I was actually literally, I re- I was making my video the night before my Kickstarter launched. So I was up to like 3am editing it. And I was learning to edit it while I was editing it. So I had like 20, you like 20 uh, pages open, like browser pages on YouTube teaching me how to do different things. Uh, but I figured it out. I, you know, I got the bare minimum done. But, you know, it, it's definitely, I would say, plan. Like maybe even if you want to do like a little bit each day or but start definitely at least the Kickstarter page a few weeks ahead, not mm-hmm. like a week ahead. Like I did, it was a big no, no. Um, and also again, figuring out if you would want to, if that's, that work is even something you would want to do as opposed to like with a publisher, um, who, uh, you know, does some marketing and stuff like that while you of course also do marketing and stuff, but, uh, you don't have to worry so much about like, Oh my God, I got to get newsletters and people to pledge and, um, all of that. And newsletters are also very important. I actually learned that through another person who was, who had a Kickstarter that was finishing, I think, a week or two before mine. Mm. And um, I had pledged it. He's like, and I told him about it that I was like, you know, I was excited to launch mine. And he's like, um, definitely work on your newsletter. That's so important to, you know, once people sign up for that and then you can send them an email when your thing launches so they'll check it out. Um, so that's also very important for Kickstarting. And... Lastly, I think one of the things that really drove me to do a Kickstarter was the intimacy of it. Like mm. you connect with people, like you see who, who pledges and then like you can reach out to them and say, oh my God, thank you so much for pledging. And, you know, you can directly thank people and, um, you know, you promote it on, you directly, you're the one who like mostly promotes it. If you're the only one like really on this project, you gotta you promote it on Instagram or Twitter or wherever it is you promote it and you talk to people about it and people will like it or comment on your post and all that. So I feel like the intimacy of getting to know the fan base you're developing is really dope. Um, 
and people will like from because my my protagonist is a queer Dominican woman I I've had like a few people like saying oh my god thank you for writing a character like this because it's so nice to see that represented and or people reposting saying like check this out it's a queer Dominican woman and it felt great to see that wow my community uh, it's 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 reaching my community which is one of my goals right to to represent people like me and and to have them like be into comics because I think the reason why it took me so long to because I, I would read comics here and there growing up um, and then there's at one point I um, I interned at Marvel and then I started getting more into comics and but like I would it would be so hard for, for me to find characters that look mm. like myself and and if there were characters that looked like me they were like secondary characters um, and I think I said it too on my Kickstarter page that you know even growing up um, as a queer woman queer woman of color i i used to also have like so i found myself a lot having to relate to um white male characters all the time protagonists mm-hmm. especially superheroes and things like that um so when america chavez came out uh by uh, written by like gabby rivera um i was like <laughs> all over that because i'm like oh my god she's queer and she's you know she's pop um and yeah you know that that run is done her her solo run is done so you know, there's now there's no more of that. Now she's just appearing in other people's, uh, I mean, other characters' stories. You know, um, I, I I will say that I I do like that it's growing the representation. But you know, if you know whoever's listening to this, if you're waiting for somebody to write your story, you know, go out there and write it because that's one of the first things I heard at one of the panels I attended in, in NYC NYCC that. Hey, if you can't find the story you're looking for, go out there and write it, right? Nobody's going to write your story better than you can. So I think that that and hearing the feedback from like doing my Kickstarter and stuff is one of the the coolest things. I think that's great that you've had that kind of response from people that feel like yeah. are feeling like they're being seen and and it, I think that that's sort of the beauty of comics when comics really clicks is the stories um you know, can reach so many different people in so many different ways. And maybe for folks that weren't necessarily looking for that kind of story, uh, because maybe yeah, it just wasn't exactly. something that occurred to them. Like, Oh, this is something. Oh, and they see the art and they hear about what it's about. They're like, yeah, this sounds great. It looks like a great comic. And maybe it's not necessarily the forefront of their mind, but it's that, you know, the storytelling and what they see might, might offer some perspective they're not generally exposed to. So it's, it's great that you, you've had such positive feedback out of the gate and, are able to uh, to make those connections. And I realized, uh, just scrolling through again, if you want to uh, highlight the rest of your creative team, we talked about Paul being involved, and I'm sure you've had other folks uh, give you feedback. But as far as this book, who else is uh, on the book with you? Yeah, um, so Paul Aller edited it, and or still editing it, because I'm working on the last two stories. And uh, Juan Romera, incredible, working on all the interior art and the colors. And... Juan has such a like unique way of coloring that I feel like sometimes he puts colors together that like so you wouldn't naturally think to and bam like it just pops so good and I'm just like wow Juan <laughs> um, <laughs> and you have Shine Sean Reinhardt on the on the lettering also incredible guy like it's so cool to see like uh, Inez yell, no Astro, but like to have to have him just like make it <laughs> pop off the page. Like, oh yeah, you could feel her anger. Like, damn it, Astro. Um, yeah, and then I had some some people like some really dope people uh, work on some variant covers for me. Um, Elizabeth Beals, uh, Damien Dunn. I also had um, a variant cover from Roberta Ingranata, uh, which is the Pride Edition cover. Uh, so yeah, I was I was very very lucky to work with some dope people. And just scrolling through your covers, and just the the whole presentation really is so nice. Um, just logo oh, logo you. on, and uh, like you were talking about highlighting the sound effects. Uh, yeah. The uh, or I'm sorry, the the lettering and the sound effects. Uh, I was looking at the sound effects. It's all really great how it all plays together. So it's it it's one yeah. of those um, you know. Uh, it's hard to beat a good slice of life comic coming from somebody's perspective. And it's, it's great to, mm-hmm. to see that you're able to put it out there. I know this might be a little bit cart before the horse, but is there any plans uh, for more uh, either this story or, or doing other stories? 
Um, definitely other stories. I don't know. Like I've, I've actually even like sat with myself and thought about it. Like, do I want more Astro and Inez after this? But I think, I think if there is, I might, I do want to work on other stories first just to, I'm all like the, the, the class I'm taking in September, the comics experience class is the genre class with nice. Paul Aller. And I, I think, yeah, like I want to be able to write different stories, um, different genres. The, this next, I'm actually currently, I already gave you the disclaimer that I'm a CE junkie. Um, <laughs> I'm currently in a class for the, the advanced writing. And uh, actually the, the last class was yesterday and I'm writing a 20 page script. Nice. Um, and this story also has a, a queer lead and it has a queer love story in, but involved in some like really like uh dramatic sci-fi nice uh there's a evil antagonist so yeah it's a little different oh, actually it's very different from Astro and Inez but I'm really excited um I'm really excited to like start working on this one too that sounds like there's a, a lot of great elements there I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes so maybe that'll be something uh kickstarting in the future going out to publishers that's awesome Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm also curious how that genre writing class goes. That sounds very cool. The, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. which I don't know if that's been offered before. I might be misremembering. That's great. So that's mm -hmm. September, which yeah. unfortunately is very close. Cause in my head, it's like, Oh, September, that's, that's months away. And it's kind of months yeah. away. Uh, but... I mean, I think it's September. I mean, I'm sorry, Paul, if I'm, or I'm, I'm <laughs> no, saying I'm sure the wrong date, but I'm pretty sure it was September, but yeah, it is really close, but it's actually, far enough away where I can like, you know, take a little break because I actually took a, a CE class before this class, had a week break, and then had this class. And this class was like a writing boot camp. All amazing, amazing stuff. But it was like, woo, Andy <laughs> is going off on the notes. Yeah, it was incredible. Well, where should people look for you online? Where's a good place to find you and obviously find the Kickstarter? Uh, yeah, um, I'm at TCL dot comics and yeah the kickstarter link is right in my bio and if anybody wants to drop me a, a dm or ask any questions i'm here and i'm friendly so please <laughs> so go <laughs> go find find astro and inez on kickstarter you can go and search that uh also and uh i mean I don't know, as, of, as, of, as of our talking you were so close to funding so i'm excited to uh, to see this come together and i really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your experience and, and the kickstarter yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. And the last guest on the episode is Steve Urena with Zombie Date Night. If you're on Kickstarter, go check out Zombie Date Night. All right, and now I am speaking with Steve Urena, who was on previously talking about your uh, last Kickstarter, Slowpokes. Steve, thank you for doing this again. Appreciate you taking the time, and it's always great to chat. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Luckily, the the people liked Slowpokes enough that I'm getting this that second comic, which is very cool. So I, I appreciate everybody who who backed the first time. And that's you know something that's that's unique as far as the folks that I've uh, had on for this this particular episode is you've done this before, so this is your second time. And if you want to talk about uh, what Zombie Date Night is, which a lot of it's in the title, uh, which <laughs> is a great title, I think you told me that after we stopped recording that you had that in mind, I was like, Oh, that's a great title. I can't believe this hasn't been done. Like it was one of those <laughs> ideas that I was so jealous of. Um, but what, uh, what is zombie date night? And then maybe go into from Slowpokes how you got into, to this next go around. Sure. Absolutely. So zombie date night is basically asked the question, what would make a first date even more awkward? And the answer <laughs> is always zombies. Uh, so with zombie date night, like I've always been, you know, very, I've always loved zombie movies and zombie things. And I remember when I was on the dating apps before, you know, I met my girlfriend and everything. I was like, oh man, like some of these people, like I'm not sure about, <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're just, you're just not sure what, what's going to happen on these dates. So I remember, you know, just thinking to myself, I was like, if I went on a date and like a zombie invasion happened, would I stay or would I go? Like if the date is going well, like you're going to want to stay because you're like, all right, I want to see where this goes. But if the date is going horrible, like I would probably bail. Like I would just be like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go on zombies here. So like I just wanted to make sure to play with that um, idea. And I, I was able to do that with with the characters in Zombie Date Night. But to answer your second question, uh, with Slowpokes, the transition from Slowpokes to Zombie Date Night, Slowpokes did exceedingly, you know, far better than I thought. Um, so I was like, all right, any comic project that I fund on Kickstarter will go towards the next thing. 
Um, so zombie date night, you know, was always in my head. And then while we, when we were talking, I think in October I was writing it and I was like, Oh, you know, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I won't. And then it started coming to life on the page. Uh, no pun intended, I guess, but, uh, it <laughs> came to life on the page and, um, I was like, you know what? Luckily they gave me some, um, more, some money so I can do this. I, I'm up to 32 pages instead of 20. Nice. And, um, you know, I've been able to grow a little bit of a fan base of people who, who read slow pokes who wanted, um, zombie date night. Um, so I've, I've been very grateful there, but this time around, like I'm getting all new people, like all new people that I haven't even like conversed with yet or, or had an interaction with or, or, um, they didn't read Slowpoke. So it's, it's very curious. I mean, we're still a week in, but, um, I just used what worked from Slowpokes to zombie date night and it's so far so good. And, uh, we should say at least as of this recording, this episode will drop a few days after we record, you've mm-hmm. hit your funding goal. So that's great. Yes. And Thank you. Yes. I'm very appreciative, especially in a week. Like I, I made sure to do the Kickstarter. So I know some people do Kickstarters for like 30 days, but I want to get the full like 60 days or like at least 50 days in there just so I can have time to be like, all right, what is working? What's not working? You know what I mean? It's, it's, there, there are things that will work and won't work. Like last night, we just did um, our first zombie date night Thursdays, which I'm, I had I have as um, you know just an extra thing for zombie date night. So every Thursday on Discord, we'll be watching a different zombie movie for, on Netflix every, every week. So for me, it's, uh, it's just trying out new things, seeing if things work. But like last night, I, tr- I tried to do it on the Teleparty app, and I remember using it during um, the pandemic, and it worked fine. And then last night, when of course is the first night, it just all went, you know, all oh, no. went to hell. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I need to figure out an idea. So like somebody, you know, offered Discord to me, and like it worked perfectly. So now, now we're rolling. So like every Thursday, if you want to come join me uh, for a zombie movie, <laughs> now you can just pr- to promote Zombie Day Night. That's a really fun idea, and uh, yeah, like you said, technology it always uh, <laughs> it always does it when you. And it was fine, like it was fine, like before. And again, like in the, I didn't even have that many people um, until the Discord. When I get Discord, everybody was like, "All right, we're we're in, we're in." So the the goal now is to just grow the audience and have fun, and and even if it was just one other person, it's it's nice to to do something fun with the Kickstarter. And you're uh, again, you've done it before. Kickstarter is its own thing that you have yes. to manage. In yeah. uh, obviously, any kind of marketing for any comic, you you're going to be involved in that, unless you know you're maybe a high name. But even then, you're still going out and shilling and saying, yeah. "Hey, this is my comic, and this is where you can check it out." And final or a cutoff, and everybody does it because that's how generally the market works. Yes. Were there any kind of standouts that you learned from the first go around with slowpokes that you were able to apply? Uh, so for me, uh, going the horror route has seemed to do well for me because one, you know, slow pokes was just eye opening and it was fun and, and this and that. But when horror people are, you would think they aren't, they're the nicest people in the world. Like they're just so nice and kind and they're always trying to help you. And, you know, I, I feel like horror is just very like, it's just a fun space. Like nobody, <laughs> you could have the craziest idea ever and people in horror would be like, yeah, I want to support this guy. Like killer sloth. Yeah. So like, uh, <laughs> just from, you know, whatever your subject that you're writing your comic on, cause listen, not everybody's been doing horror. Um, definitely like go and research, you know, the, the genre that you're doing or the, or the, you know, whatever you're writing about. So like zombies, I'm making sure to talk to the zombie podcast, the zombie websites, the zombie people involved in the zombie community, because I want them to be part of it. Like horror, that's an easy thing. Comics, that's an easy thing where I could just go and, but I want to talk to the zombie people because like I'm jumping into their space. I want to make sure that what I'm doing is entertaining to them as well. Um, so, but I, I definitely think, you know, as you're doing your Kickstarter, reach out. I mean, it could be daunting, but reach out to the comic websites, reach out to the horror websites, reach out to everybody and just, you know, worst comes to worst, they say no, but everybody's been so kind and so relaxed and they're like, oh, I'd love to talk to you about the comics. Um, so it's, it's been very cool. And that's an excellent point. We produced, uh, my company produced a short documentary years ago, uh, on the world beard and mustache championships. 
Really? I, I, did you put that on Netflix? Because I think I've seen that. <laughs> we did not. We we learned a lot about going to network uh, and dealing with networks. Because at the time we we had a plan, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't necessarily to make money or to make something more. It was more kind of a proof of concept. And yeah. ultimately, our company did not go the direction of making original programming for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, but to to your point, I didn't know anything. You know, I usually have facial hair, but I didn't know anything about competitive beard growing. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a, a world that we'd really, you know, seen. And we just kind of wanted to do this documentary. We thought it was a great subject. So we flew a crew to Alaska and filmed, you know, on location during it and then did post on it. And uh it's a hundred percent what you're saying. You know, you think like, Oh, I could talk to movie folks or documentary folks, which you certainly can. Yeah. But we found that people that were in that space of competitive beards or mustache grooming or beard, like it's so interesting. The stuff we didn't really think about until yeah. getting into it and realizing like these communities are so excited to talk about it yeah. because they're, they're so passionate about it and you're giving them something that they can, you know, watch or have an opinion on or give you advice on, and they really do want to help. And I don't know that I've, I've heard that very often referred to, you know, in terms of crowdfunding uh, outreach to go after that. Like if you're writing a romance comic or yeah, you're writing, go, go there, for that. For everything. Yeah. Go for those folks that may not necessarily be comics consumers, but mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever, just on this, you know, episode alone, we've got the space stuff that Greg is doing and, uh, slice of life, uh, queer person of color stuff that Llewellyn's doing. And mm -hmm. that's the beauty of comics, you know, in general, is you yeah. can tell whatever stories you want, but also, that's you cool. know, realizing that you could go after folks in those communities and, and have that feedback or them to be able to go, hey, have you heard about this? Because they, they'll help you spread the word because maybe they feel like that's underserved. And yeah, I, I mean, that's I've been very lucky for that to happen. Like I have some podcasts lined up that are zombie podcasts. And I'm excited because I'm like, I want to talk zombie movies. I want to talk zombies with them. Yeah. But it, it is surprising, though, because like you would think the zombie community and I'm sure there is maybe I'm just not finding it like you would think that there was like a website where it's just like all zombie stuff. Right. Like there are Walking Dead fan sites. There are, you know, for whatever movie that you like, like Dawn of the Dead, there are yeah, things. for. Them. I mean, what's bigger? Like what's zombies? bigger? But you would think that there would just be like one collective zombie thing. And like that has been harder to find. Like there's there's definitely pieces and parts of like, oh, I like this and I like this, but not like one like, hey, this is for everybody. And I just feel like the the zombie genre has kind of like it was very popular at one point and now i feel like it, you know it kind of went down a little bit but now it's kind of coming back a little bit because like resident evil they had a new one coming out army of the dead just came out um you know just uh just all these different zombie things so it, it's it's been it's been very interesting and i'm very curious as to how this is going to go and, and how they you know appreciate it and hope they like the comic too but um, definitely, if you're if you're starting a Kickstarter, if you're doing a comic, go outside of the box and like get out of the comic realm. You know, comic realm you could stay in there too, but like get out of it, and you'll definitely find people who will like your story, based on whatever it is about, whatever it's uh, being written about. And and that's something else that um, has been part of these conversations too is this Kickstarter is not the same audience as the direct market necessarily. Yeah. And if you wanted to take either of your comics to the direct market, you could talk to publishers. Maybe you have talked to publishers or you could just keep doing Kickstarters and make it all you. Yeah. And like, this is going to be what I'm going to do. And it's all going to be DIY. And I'm not interested in, you know, go in that direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that's that's even more so plays into that. Who are you marketing to? It'd be great to have comics on the shelves at comic stores, but also it's great to reach out to those readers that love that kind of genre yeah. And then see what you're doing. And, you know, they love Shaun of the Dead or they, you know, love Dawn of the Dead. Whatever they love, they're able to come to it with that. Or the other thing about Kickstarter, which is so great, is it people just find comics that they like. You know, oh, this yes. looks great. You know, it's, it's again, it's that sell of that uh, of that concept. And so many Kickstarters, I feel like for me as a reader, I'll look at the name I'll see a little bit of the art and read the premise and be like, yep, 100%. Would I have sought it out? Not necessarily, yes. but I'm so in. I always think about Metal Shark Bro. Uh, it was one of those <laughs> that I had not really heard about till I saw the Kickstarter and saw the image where it's this you know, guy holding a sword and he's an anthropomorphic shark. 
and it's great. And it's one of those like, yeah, that is totally a comic idea that I love and want to read. And I can't believe this is OGN and great. Take my money. (laughs) (laughs) So I I really like that too. Like Kickstarter, just, you see so many creative things on there, but like for me, I have a day job. I love my day job. I love what I, what I do. I'm a copywriter, but for me, like in the comic space, I'm able to play around and I'm, I think I'm, that's where I'm most comfortable. Cause I'm like, this is me, this is what I want to do. Um, and if it works great, if it doesn't work, it is a learning experience and it's like, all right, maybe that didn't work, but it's worth a shot. Um, and I think there was a, like Joyce Carol Oates, I think did a, a class and she said like, when you write in a journal, that's when you're most yourself because there's no pressure on you with this, with comics, I feel like there's no pressure on me. I'm like, you know what? It's it, if it worse comes to worse, if one person reads it, that's okay. But, it, <laughs> but like Slowpokes, you know, there's like over 400 people wanted it. And I'm like, this is, this is nuts. Like, this is crazy. So if, if you like me as me, then I'm going to give you more of me and we'll see what <laughs> or it'll be a bad thing. And this will be my last book. <laughs> it, it, well, right now, 148 people like zombie date night. Yeah, not, too, not too bad for first week. That's, that's awesome. And I'm so excited to share this with everybody because listen, all this, if you're, if I'm funded, it doesn't go to me. The money goes towards the, the artists and everybody got paid already. The art, this, this goes towards me doing more comic projects. And that's what I want to do. I want to keep having fun. And that, that's what I'm going to keep doing as long as I can or until they're like, no more, <laughs> no more slots, <laughs> no more zombies, no more anything. I, I think that's, that, that is kind of the beauty of, you know, and, and that's something we, we talked about from time to time. Uh, on the podcast and and obviously offline and you know in person or, or over chat or email with uh, other folks is you know the business of comics can be hard as far as you know can it be your main source of income if you know yeah. depending on where you are in life and having a day job you know and I think a number of creative industries uh, people try to change that narrative to where you have a day job it's okay to have a day job you can be a writer yeah. by night you can be an artist by night or by whatever yeah. if you if you're fulfilling feeling fulfilled by it. That's great. It doesn't necessarily have to be the thing that, you know, is the main source of income. I think diversifying your revenue streams is great if you're able to. But, you know, in your case, uh, I I have a similar mindset of can it fund the thing? I don't need to make money off of it because I like doing it. And I, I would be doing it, you know, to staple it and hand it out on the street, you know, but this is a great platform to be able to find that readership that I would not be able to interact with otherwise. Yeah. And, and it's been great, too, with Twitter and Instagram and everything, too, because people who have read it are very responsive and very, like, very excited about it, which to me is very, again, not surprising or anything like that. Like, it's just I'm glad people are excited. Like, I encourage everybody to be excited. But for me, I'm like, I wrote that and people are asking me questions about the characters. It's like that means I did what I needed to do. Um, but it's it's been a, a crazy ride. And like, I'm very excited to just keep making comics, having fun. And, and that's it. Because listen, I don't know what publisher would want to take a look at me. Like, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure. I'm not sure even who's reading this sometime. But like, I'd, I'd be very curious to see like, oh, yeah, we really like your stuff. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if, if, if slow pokes. I don't know if I'd be able to pitch that anywhere. I'd, I just have to make it. And then after that, you know, people would see it and be like, oh, this is really cool. Or this is exciting. Because uh, if I was in a pitch meeting, and I was like, get this, they're fast and they're killer. Sl- like I don't, I would get thrown out of the building. <laughs> like Zombie Date Night, I feel like is a more solid pitch than than Slowpokes. Was like, get this guy out of here. But it's um, it's just really cool to see. Yeah, and and it's it's been kind of your thesis is it's the thing that you wanted to do and that that represents what you want to write and what to see, and yeah. then that there's an audience is great that. It is. And, and listen, comics experience has been so helpful and so supportive, too, because, listen, Paul Allor is a is a real writer. You know, what I mean, like Hollow Heart is amazing and it's awesome. And like he's a real writer. He's telling me, he's like, yeah, do this. <laughs> like, keep going. <laughs> like, let's see what you got. Like that to me is that that gives me such confidence into what I'm doing, because, listen, we all have imposter syndrome. But I'm like, I'm the ultimate imposter syndrome because, like, I'm faking it till I made it and I made it. So I'm like, yep. all right, let's keep faking it. Let's see. what <laughs> Let's see what happens. And, and, and some of us know behind the scenes that Paul, he'll let you know, he'll let you know, uh, with very <laughs> constructive not, criticism. Good. Yeah. He, he, he said, he's like, these are brutal and weird and great. And you're going to find your own audience based around these, these <laughs> ideas. So, um, for, for that, that's a very, that's a very big, uh, it means a lot. And 
you know, I'm going to keep going until people don't want me to keep going anymore. But uh, it's it's just it's just very it's a very positive atmosphere too. Everybody's so nice in comics and kind, and they want to help you and they want to spread the word. And if they like something, they want to share that. Um, and and I just it's so positive. I got to keep going. And, and that is one of those nice shared things that you do find in in a lot of comics and people that read and make comics is. It, you're not always lined up with what you want to make in terms of genre or ex- yeah. execution or, or even taste. But, you know, the friends that I made in comics, we definitely have some overlaps with stuff we like. Yeah. And then there's stuff that I just totally don't get that, you know, that I'm sure that'd be the same for me. We're like, I, I don't really read that, but you just, you support each other in, in like, I just want to make my thing. And then, yeah. you know, with, with the work that you're doing and, and talking about Paul in the workshop, everybody there is not, necessarily trying to make a horror comic or make a whatever comic they want to make their thing and you know there's an art to learning how to give feedback and you know notes to somebody that is doing a thing that's not your jam and to be able to have that conversation to say hey just you know structurally i don't understand this or the the notes that you know aren't just like "Eh, it's not my thing i don't really like horror yeah it's it's got a purpose to to figure out like oh i didn't you know clearly define this oh you're right if i added panels or took out a page it would make so much more sense or the flow just to have those people that have that same level of investment of wanting to also have have their work get elevated it it makes such a difference to find that community whether it's comics experience or otherwise yes and and it is important and i will give this as advice like people get hung up on ideas like especially when you're writing you're like i want it to be the best version of it that I can, you know, put out. But sometimes you just have to let it go. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, uh, I definitely try to do the thing where my, so my girlfriend helped me edit it, edit this because I was like zombie date night. It makes sense to have my girlfriend who, you know, was very good with, with words and very good with editing to have her involved in this because I'm like, all right, we can do the podcast, me and you just bickering with each other about ideas and whatever, <laughs> but it's good to have outside people looking in because, they have a different um, mindset and they have a different like, you know, form of thinking. And you, you're so in the weeds when you're writing, you need somebody else to hear it to be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Or like, oh, let's try this. Or maybe we do it this way instead. And that's what that's definitely part of the process. And comic experiences has helped me with that because I, I'll in, in, in certain things like in my line of work, like some things go quickly and I have to write something quickly. But like this, I want to make sure that it can be done quickly, but like it has to be reviewed a few times just to make sure that it's polished and, it, and it's and it makes sense. Um, so definitely like but you have to learn when to let things go and you have to learn when to like, OK, it's done. I got to just get it out there and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Drafts. Drafts are so important in general. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's nice. I, I think a lot of us probably also, you know, for projects, you have these like I want to make this kind of comic or you have that idea where it hasn't quite gelled. Like there's definitely, you might have a beginning and ending or you might have a middle, but you don't have an ending and you can let stuff percolate. And it's really fun when those ideas kind of resurface and you go, Oh, this is what I'm writing about. Oh, you know what, (laughs) if I did this and you know, I, I I always think about um, it seemed like there was such a long percolation for get out for Jordan Peele's movie, get out and watching that movie. Like it just works. Like also to, to me, it took a while to just I, I want to sure say a decade. Was, yeah, <laughs> that that he. Had well, been... I'm not I'm not going a decade for zombies, <laughs> zombies. But I yes, but I mean the the more crafted it is, of course, it's going to be better. Sure, sure. And the more the more you read it out, it's going to get better and better and better. But for me, I'm just like, I, I think it's good. I think you know I'll get it to a place where I'm happy with it, um, because I just don't want to obsess over things and and you're going to do that of course everybody's going to do that i've 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 done that too but i just want to make sure that it it doesn't ruin it by being obsessive about like oh this needs to be changed and rip up everything like i don't want to do that (laughs) well i i shared with steve off the recording that i had a what we're currently calling a minor uh leak in our home due to a faulty uh, maybe uh in water inlet valve in the refrigerator we'll find out on wednesday and I had a, a leak that got into the area that I keep my comics in. And one of the things that I was realizing, checking out the comics to make sure there wasn't a lot of damage, uh, was how many comics I had that might not be the best. And and I don't mean that to slag anybody, but it's one of those things when you think about the monthly grind, like we're putting out yeah. comics, we're getting comics out. Exactly. It, it 
it is an industry and a business that delivers. Again, not to say that I could do a better job or a worse job or anything. Well, I, I at least will say this. It's like my comics, some people may like them, some people may hate them, <laughs> but it's not the worst comic I've ever read. You know what I mean? It, I, I, as long as it's not the worst comic somebody's ever read, then we're, we're good. I think we're okay. <laughs> well, on that note, where should folks go to find out about uh, Zombie Date Night and, and to keep up with what you're doing? Uh, so for Zombie Date Night, uh, you could follow us on Twitter at Zombie Date Night and Instagram at Zombie Date Night. Or you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Urena. That is U-R-E-N-A uh, for my last name. Uh, and that's where you can find all the crazy updates and and you know how we're doing with the Kickstarter and, and future projects. Um, and every Thursday we do Zombie Date Night Thursdays on Discord. Uh, so next week we're doing uh, a live uh, which is a, a Korean uh, zombie movie on Netflix. Um, so if, if all are always welcome, um, so come and join our Discord and, and come hang out and watch some zombies movies. Excellent. Yeah, go check it out. And if you uh, go to Kickstarter and search, if you're not going to check out Steven those other places and it comes up and you've got time to back it and the preview art's great. It's all very... <laughs> Very there, there's one thing I, I do want to say too if you made your comic through kickstarter and you, you get it funded and everything like that reach out to your local comic places too there because there's a lot of people who would put your stuff in um in a comic store i got very lucky uh pulp 716 out of albany was like Slowpokes looks amazing i want to buy 20 and put it in the store i was like what i was like are you sure and, <laughs> they, and they had and it was next to like something is killing the children which is wow like excellent comic i'm like all right like let's let's go so like it, it always it's always helpful to like just reach out because the worst comes to worst they'll say no but what if they say yes and then you could reach an even bigger audience oh, that's a great point well thanks so much for doing this steve appreciate the time thank you thank you for having me all right, that is our show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks very much to Greg, Llewellyn, and Steve for being on the show and talking about their comics and their Kickstarters. If you have a question you want to hear talked about on the show, you can email info at comicsexperience.com. You can go and check out comicsexperience.com and see what's going on there. There's a ton of stuff happening, all the classes that are listed, and the Philip Kennedy Johnson upcoming master seminar at the end of July. Go check that out. That's going to be uh, a one-day seminar with Philip Kennedy Johnson, who is currently writing uh, Alien for Marvel. He's currently writing Superman for DC. It sounds like he's got some creator-owned comics in the works. He's got a bunch of creator-owned comics you can find if you uh, go and check out Philip Kennedy Johnson. Go over to comicsexperience.com. Get all your comics experience on. Wherever you get your comics information, you're making comics information, go and find that, and uh, I hope you are able to keep making comics.